Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. If you're looking for polish and all that this evening, you'll be gravely, gravely disappointed. Job 6 and verse 13. He says, Is not my help in me? And is wisdom driven quite from me? He says, Is, is not my help I don't have a title for you. That's all right. I'm going to do just a little stepping through Job here. I'm not going to keep you very long. But maybe this will help somebody with the way that the spirit is. I just feel like this is just what then should be said. If it's 10 minutes, we'll say 10 minutes. Lord, I come to you right now and I need you, Jesus. God, what's the condition here tonight, Lord, of your people? God, what's the condition, Lord, of those, Lord, that stand before me here today? Quicken my heart, quicken my mind and my spirit. I pray, oh, Lord, today, God, that you're able to help us, Lord, in the next few moments. God, let something open up, Lord Jesus, through your word. God, we find consolation there. God, consolation in the word of God. Lord Jesus, let it be a consoling agent, I pray tonight, and will not fail to thank you. The lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Hallelujah and amen. And the church say amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated here this evening. The perfect and the upright man. That was not something that Job ascribed to himself. That is something that God ascribed to Job. The Bible says that whenever the day came that the sons of God appeared before the Lord, that Satan also came among them on two occasions. This occurred. The Lord asked Satan, where have you been? Where comest thou? Satan's reply is going up to and fro, up and down in the earth. And it was the Lord who said, Has, Have you considered my, my servant Job? There is none like him. A perfect and upright man. One that feareth God and escheweth evil. Satan said, Lord, he said, I... Uh, Job perhaps is fearing you for naught because thou hast a hedge around about him. You have him safely guarded and heavily protected. And if you would just put forth your hand and if you could somehow decrease the hedge that you have around him. I, I tell you this, that Job will have a different, a different, if you will, idea and concept of life. If you'll just allow me into that space. The Lord told Satan that. 
He would be able to do everything that he wanted to do. Just don't don't touch his life. Let him live. Distress then came to Job's family. He lost everything that seemingly he had in his entire life in one day. Report after report. One man is talking, and as he is yet speaking, the Bible says another comes with a never negative report on Job's life. Satan appears before the Lord again. Where have you been? What are you doing? Satan, I've been walking to and fro, up and down in the earth. Again, the Lord draws his attention to Job. He says, again, you can do anything you want to do. I'll even allow you to touch his health. You've already touched his wealth, but I'll allow you to touch his health. Amen. And just don't take his life. Satan, again, does this. Job is in some of the greatest affliction of his life, dealing with the turmoil of loss of all ten of his kids, loss of all of his livestock with his wife that that is dealing no doubt is in a, a team if you will with him having experienced this loss boils now are coming on his body from the sole of his foot to the top of his head the bible says he finds a, a potsherd which is just a piece of broken pottery to scrape the boils off his body he is totally undone if i could say it like this he's had it with what he's going through He's had it with what he's going through. He's sitting down in the ash. He has ripped his garments, which was a sign of his remorse. He puts dust upon his head. Amen. Sackcloth upon his body. The Bible describes it in Job as though he had sewn sackcloth to his body. He didn't literally do that, but he just wanted us to understand how much grief that he was overcome by, as though this grief was just sewn to his very being. He has all these things that's coming up on him. His friends are coming to console him, which you know is no consolation at all. They are questioning Job and his integrity. The very thing that no one knows because we have the bird's eye view that God has used for, if you will, exercise. Amen. He's promoted Job because of his integrity. His friends are questioning his integrity. He's, he, he's elevated Job because of his uprightness and his perfection, so to speak, before God. And his friends are questioning his uprightness. Have you done something wrong? All these things and calamity are coming upon you and toward you. And so here is Job. His grief is unbearable. He can't take much more. He, he is walking a very lonesome road. And he asked the question in what I presented to you tonight, being this in verse 13. He says, is not my help in me is not he didn't ask is not my help around me or is not my help in my wealth or in my health or in my family but he said is not my help within me job is probably not asking this of his friends he's probably not asking this of anyone in particular but rhetorically in the ponderings of his mind he is asking himself is not my help within me and no doubt the the the, the answer to his question his rhetorical question is quite plain that if God is our help and if he lives by virtue for us of New Testament scripture inside of us then our help is not outside of us 
Our help is not in our possessions. It's not in our bank account. It's not even in friends or family or the things that we own. Our help is inside of us. The psalmist David said it quite clear. He said he looked to the hills from whence cometh his help. For his help cometh from the Lord. Because that was a time that God just dwelt in temples and tabernacles. And Jerusalem would be the place that God said, I'll place my name. That's where my tabernacle will be and that's where you'll go to make your sacrifices and your prayers and all of your adoration that's where you go so the psalmist says my help cometh from the hills amen from which cometh my help my help cometh but more prominently from the Lord but today thank God we have a church and that's tremendous and glorious but we don't have per se a tabernacle or a temple that we go to that his name has been placed that we offer up our sacrifices and our worship and our prayers only but he Notice in New Testament scripture, know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And where David cast his eyes to the hills, we can, along with Job, Job is almost foreshadowing something that's come about. I'm not looking to the hills now, and I'm not looking within Paul McGee, say myself, but I'm looking to the spirit that's inside of me. I'm looking inside to the spirit of God that I receive because that is where my help comes from. The Bible says Job is a little overwhelmed by his friends. They have not shown him kindness. Amen. They have not shown, they've been voices, if you will, of frustration for him. Amen. He, he needed to know how to respond to them. God even pacifies Job a little bit in verse number 14 of this same chapter, chapter number 6, because he says there to him that is afflicted, pity should be shewed from his friends. And his friends showed up and for seven days they were silent. But when the seven days were over, mouths begin to talk and rather than being an encouragement to their brother amen they're talking that maybe he's done something wrong and it's what he's done wrong that's brought all of this upon him again I don't know where everybody is amen right now in your situations of life but let me just be of an encouragement to someone that is presently afflicted and let's just give a little bit of information for the rest of us that may not be afflicted the best thing that you can do for your brother or sister right now is that you need to have compassion and kindness and pity upon those that are going through a trial that those that are going through a hard spot don't be a voice that says they just got what was coming to them don't be a voice that says well had they done this or that then so and so forth would have happened but let me also talk to those that are going through something right now do not think it's strange as Paul wrote amen concerning the fiery trials which are to try you Job said in Job 7 in verse number 3 he said basically this so I have been allotted months of futility what that means is it doesn't matter who we are it doesn't matter what our label is it doesn't matter what how we serve or how fire we are for God or not on fire for God we all it's just a part of society it's a part of human life we all have been allotted or measured out months of futility there are just going to be some bad days that sometimes might turn into bad months that might just turn in have you ever ended one year and said I tell you what I can't wait till the next year comes because that's just been a bad just been a bad year you've all we all everybody say we all we all been allotted months of futility. So we've got to keep the right focus right here. Because what comes upon us, some of us, just a part of life. 
Some of it's just a part of life. And we can't get to a place that we get in the muck and the mire and believe that we have it worse off than anybody else. Because we all have been allotted months of futility. Job understood what he was going through. Amen. Was something that had been measured out for him. It had been allotted for him. Might I even say this? It had been premeditated for him. Amen. It had been premeditated for him. And it continues a little bit there in the chapter. And it's quite insightful. And I I got things written down in the New King James Version. So I hope you don't mind that. But it goes on and says, And wearisome nights have been appointed to me. Not just months of futility, but there's going to be some nights. It's going to be hard to find rest. It's going to be hard for your mind to let go what's going on. He says, Wearisome nights have been appointed to me. He says, When I lie down, I say, When shall I arise? When shall I rise and the night be ended? For I have had my fill of tossing till dawn. Has anybody ever been there? Couldn't sleep at night. You toss and you turn. You think. You pray. You read. You consider everything that's going on in life. You're trying to figure out, if you will, what you can do to solve it, what the solution can be. And you drive yourself almost insane. It's like I can't wait for the the, the, the sky to get bright again, the, the morning sun to rise again so I can just go on with my day and occupy my mind. Because whenever I lay down at night, that's whenever I begin to think. Whenever I lay down at night, that's whenever I think how I don't have this or that is going wrong and this is overtaking me and that's a problem. You're saying, man, when, when will I arise from this? When, when will the night end? And maybe not just in a literal case, but in a f- f- figurative case, you're saying, when will the night end? When will the day break again? He says in verse 20 of that chapter, chapter 7, he says, why have you set me as your target? Huh? Have you ever felt like the red bullseye? For God, someone say amen. But here's the shift. See, this is the type of things that go on. Job chapter number 8. I'm just going through just a few little things here, Job, and we'll go home. I don't have a timer up there, so I don't even know how even long I've been up here. But Bildad answers Job in Job chapter 8 and verse number 6. Now, this is what happens. He hears the friend now. He says, if you were pure and upright, this is in the New King James Version, if you were pure and upright, surely now, he would awake. He's speaking of God. Surely now he would awake for you and prosper your rightful dwelling place. Bildad was like, if you were upright, God would come to your aid. If you was doing what you're supposed to be doing, Job, God would prosper you. If, if you were living the life of righteousness like you should be doing, God would be just flowing blessings upon you. It'd be prosperity and living high on the hog, so to speak. Amen. What was going on was this. Bildad was questioning the uprightness of Job, trying to get Job even to question his uprightness. But again, what Bildad did not know and what Job did not know was this. It was Job's uprightness, his character that had invited this trial in the first place. It was the God that Job didn't hear and Bildad didn't hear, but Satan heard. He said, have you you considered my servant Job this perfect and upright man. Bildad saying the Lord would prosper you if you was upright but God was saying I got you right where you're at because you are upright. Can someone say amen? Bildad says if you were upright God would come and help you. God says since you are upright I'm going to be silent and watch you. 
Let me tell you, just the prospering hand of God on your life is not no indication that you're, amen, not walking in step with where you need to be with God or doing what you ought to be with God. Sometimes the reasons why the hands of prosper does not come upon you is because you are walking with God, because you are on the right track, because you are living the life that you need to be living. Someone say amen. While Job's friends are pressing him, they press him with this. And this is something we need to think of right now because there's, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of things in the grapevine over the past few weeks. They're pressing Job that only the wicked get adversity. Only the wicked get punishment from God. And Job asserts, in Job 9 and verse 22, he said, it's all one thing, and I'm reading from the new. Therefore, I say, he destroys, speaking of God, the blameless and the wicked. It's what the New Testament scripture said when it said it rains on the just and the unjust. No one's too good for a trial. And in many respects, watch this, none are too bad for a blessing. And so we can't start drawing lines of direct because they are this way, then this is why that happened. (laughs) Job didn't even know that for his own life, let alone us be able to know it for someone else's. Amen. Amen. He says, look at this now. I'm going to go just a little bit further. I'm going to close. Seriously, I am. So it rains on the just and the unjust. Right? Good or bad? He says in Job 10 and verse 8, he said, your hands, this is what Job says, your hands have made me and fashioned me an intricate unity. An intricate unity see Job's trying to understand why God was putting him through everything that he was facing he's trying to understand all of this he said in verse 2 he says show me why you contend with me that's an honorable question right it's one that we oftentimes ask why nothing wrong with asking why I hope if you know anything around here we've probably told you that there's nothing wrong with asking why you may not always get the answer but there's nothing wrong with asking why. He says, show me why you contend with me. Because what's the problem here, Job? Job could not fathom that the same God that made him, that fashioned him, an intricate unity would allow these things to happen to him. Those are the constant voices that I hear when people go through things. Why would God be doing this to me? Because in our eyes, we believe we tried to do it as well as we can. We almost got the unspoken that good things should happen to good people. Right? And we start making our list. I pay my tithes. I pray. I read the Bible. I attend church. And what are we doing? We're making our case to God. Why is this happening to me? God, you know my record. Right? And so Job is in a particular place that he can't fathom that these things are happening to him. 
amen, uh, to him, Job, you know, this man of the east with all these things. Yet while he says these things, we learn something also about the body that God made. Job says in the new, in the new uh, King James Version, he says it's an intricate unity. It's an intricate unity. I want to just lift something out of here just for a moment. Whenever Job says, he's speaking of his own body, God has fashioned this, he's made it an intricate unity. My mind rushes to the fact that God in the New Testament Scripture compares his church to his body, right? Christ is the head and we as the church are his body. And if Job, by observation, said, God, when you created me, you created this an intricate unity, then I can't but think, that if Christ, if God made the church to be his body, his body, were fashioned after, if you will, that mind and that concept that God had for the human bodies, then the church should likewise be an intricate unity. Amen. The Bible says in verse 11 there of Job, he said, did you not knit me together with bones and sinew? You You know what he's saying? He said, there's a knitting process that you have done in my body. One is so deeply attached to the other that you can't pull my arm without it pulling muscle and sinew and and bone. And it's attached to so much else, so many other things that you can't pull it without it having an impact on everything else. What are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying whenever Job was going through something, that's the reason why his wife shows up she says how in the world can you maintain your integrity why don't you curse God and die because whenever he was pulling what seemed like concentrated in the scripture on Job she was being pulled on and here's the thing none of us have to go through the things of our life alone as long as you're a part of the body of Christ we are part of an intricate unity and if it pulls on Sam Whitney then it pulls on Pastor McGee if it pulls on Fred McGee then it pulls on Pastor McGee if it pulls on the Johnson family then it pulls upon me but we got to come to the same conclusion that I started with is not the my help lie within me hallelujah does not my help lie within me I need to arise today and understand There is a spirit that the apostle said, greater is he that's within you than he that is within the world. But it's not just the spirit that's within me. It's within Rhonda McGee. It's within the Trouts. It's within Sister Jessup. If you pull one way, we're all feeling the impact and the pull of that. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. We want to rejoice with those that rejoice and we want to weep with those that weep. But in the church, we got to get better at doing the weeping and the rejoicing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your success is my success. Your failure is my failure. That's how intricate the unity is that's in the body. Amen. Someone say amen. Stand with me. Did you just add 22 minutes? Is my help not within me? It is, Job. If we bow our heads tonight, I know this has been peculiar. It's probably been more peculiar for me than anybody. God, I need you. Lord, I don't know. I don't know. God, I know the faces, of the Lord, that are before me, and I can see them only. God, you know, Lord, the very intents of man. 
Samuel was going to anoint God, Eliab, and he said, don't look out on his outward appearance or his stature, but he says, I know his heart, Samuel. Follow my direction because I know his heart. I can stand up here and I sometimes could try to preach if I wanted to by observation, but that's one thing. But there's something entirely different from that, and that is God is the one that can see the heart. He sees the things that you've not breathed over your lips to another soul. He sees the things that you've entertained in your mind that nobody else is aware of and no one else knows about. Hallelujah. But God is here to help carry you tonight. God is here to help you this evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our voices right now in this place? God, oh God, oh God, if I've messed up this evening, Lord, with all of this, then Jesus, lay it to my charge and not to these precious people. But Lord Jesus, if there is somebody, Lord, that hears, Lord, the voice, God, reassure them that their help is within them. If they have received the Spirit of God, their help is within them. Their help is within them. God, when is the the sun going to shine again? When is the sun going to shine again might be their refrain. When will the night be over? When will the night be over? When will this all just end? God, I've done my best. I've tried to live for you, Lord. Is this coming upon me, God, because I'm doing something wrong? Is this coming upon me because of that? Yeah, that's something to discern. But listen, while other people are saying you're not upright, God might be saying, I brought this upon you because you are. I brought this upon you because you are. Build that. Job, you would be prospering if he was upright. God says, Job, you're going through your trial because you are upright. These altars are open tonight. I'm sorry for the disappointment for anybody here this day. But if there's just one, if there's just one person, if there's just one person, if there's just one person, God, your will be done, Lord Jesus. I surrender to you, Lord. Surrender to you, Lord. I surrender to you, Lord. God, I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. It's not, it's not my help within me. It's not my help within me. We look through so many different venues and avenues to find the help, to find the aid. We try to figure it out on paper. We try to figure it out between uh, ourselves and our spouse. And sometimes we include our family. It's like, what are we going to do? How are we going to approach this? What, what? It's not your help within you. It's not your help within you. Job, Job, I don't know, Job, did it, did, it take, did it take some things for you to look introspective again and realize that your help is within you? That your help is within you? He's not far from every one of us. God's not far from every one of us. Speak His name, Jesus. Speak it loudly. Speak it clearly. Speak it softly. However you wish to express it, just speak that name. Oh, at the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, sickness is dispelled. It was Jesus, the name of Jesus. Oh, the blind man, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And in that moment, the creator of the universe that was housed in human flesh stood still. He stood still. And he listened to the cry of a man. He listened to the cry of an individual. If you can just plead his name tonight in your circumstance and in your life, he'll willingly stand still to give attention to you. He'll willingly stand still to hearken to the voice of a man or a woman. Is not your help within you? Is not your help within you? I love you, Jesus.
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.